And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. We don't give enough credit to signs, and we really should. That sign over there tells you great French fries. That sign over there tells you this is your exit. And look at that legendary sign. It's the Motel 6 sign. It tells you a great night's rest at a great price. Book online at motel6.com. And use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. Look for the signs. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a great price when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letter CP. Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel6.com. That's a great deal. And that's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the planet, we are Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley and I'm Gary McNamara. Good morning. We have made it to a Thursday. We have one oh, week from Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. I've got my menu planning already already oh. going. I've got uh, most everything but a couple of items i got to get this weekend. Ready to go. I'm ready to go. See, I don't worry about it. Yeah. I made a deal with my sister. Yeah. When she, when she took over Thanksgiving and Christmas and okay. Easter a few years ago. Yeah. I was like, okay, look, I've got to, you know, I, I've got to contribute money. I've got to do something. Right, right. No, no, no. And I finally came up with a deal. Okay. And I said, look, when I come back, you know how I love going. We, My family always goes. Yeah. To Marty's mm-hmm. restaurant in Clarence Center, New York. Yeah, yeah, big breakfast, right? Great, yeah. a big breakfast, great breakfast place. Mm. Super, I mean, just the most amazing servers there. It's like home. It's like going home. Now, yeah, yeah, we've been doing this. I was doing it when when my mom was alive with my dad, probably for about twenty years now. Wow. And so this was probably about uh, maybe about eight eight nine years ago where I made that deal with my sister. Mm. Because at that uh, point, you know, it was uh, it was like maybe it was 10 years ago. You know, mm-hmm. my mom just, you know, she can't do it anymore. Mm-hmm, so my mm-hmm. sister took over. I don't know the exact timeline. And so I said, okay, uh, when we, we, if we ever go to Marty's, you want to show up, I'll buy breakfast. That's what I'll do. Mm-hmm. Well, I figured it'd be, you know, one or two times a year. And that would, uh, you know, take care of what I would owe for uh, things. Well, this year I think we'll do a 13, no, no, because we've done it twice a couple times, probably between 15 and 20 times, and everybody shows up, so every bill is triple figures. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm my like, gosh, yeah. And, and I'm sitting there going, wait a minute, I don't think I got the best of this deal here. Yeah. And I laugh about it because it's the if if I if it cost me $1,000 every breakfast, it would be worth it. Yeah. To get the family yeah. together because it's become yeah. one of those traditions. Well, maybe not a thousand. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're good people. They're good people, but but they ain't worth a thousand dollars for thousand. Uh, but it, it's just, and so it's become, uh, you know, wonderful. But uh, so my my sister and my my brother in law and my other sister help helps her out. I mean, they yeah they do the Thanksgiving they do the Thanksgiving thing. Now my dad, 
I don't know if he did it last year. I don't know if he plans on doing it this year. He may just be with the pacemaker and everything else. He was still making the mashed potatoes. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I, yeah I remember uh, you got some video. pictures or video yeah, the last video. year. Of, uh, that was two years ago. Okay, a couple of years. Yeah. I was going to say, it, 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 that's right. It was a couple of years ago. And he he was uh, right there at the stove yes. <laughs> tending to the potatoes. Yes. And I got to tell you. I, I can't even tell because it was just, you know, big, big pot like you need for <laughs> potatoes and and the potatoes, of course, and the water and everything going. But they look delicious. I knew that they were going to turn out very well. I yeah. mean, and I can't I don't know what happened last year. I don't remember helping him last year. I don't know if I had something going on and another family member helped him. But I don't know because he's got the, you know, the pacemaker and he's doing great. Yeah, and by the yeah, way, thanks because yeah. I mentioned the other day, yeah, uh, and uh, that uh, he's doing great with the pacemaker, and you know he's ninety seven, and mm. and nothing's really wrong with his heart except it's ninety seven years old. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah. the pacemaker really has helped because it's really doubled his pulse, which means you've got double the blood flow. Yeah, and he's just you can just see physically he's when I talk to him on the phone he seems much more aware, and you're yeah. always wondering at that age are they getting old? Is it a little bit of dementia? Whatever, and it's like, nope, that was blood flow. Yeah, and so yep. it's great. To, right. It's great yeah. to see him um, back. So it's going to be, it's going to be great uh, to uh, to do that. Now, on when I get in, like I fly in Tuesday night, and then Wednesday morning we'll be at Marty's. <laughs> oh, yeah, so okay. I, so All I right. still yeah. was like, so I still have to buy Christmas Eve and you know, and and uh, the the Wednesday before Thanksgiving, I still have to buy. I don't get like a break. No, you don't get any break. Nah, you no, no break. You still no got to buy breakfast, Gary. Well, we have what we call the fall birthdays because my wife, uh, my two oldest, uh, actually, technically, all three of my daughters and my wife all have fall birthdays. So what we do, we used to go every. You know, every birthday, weekend, whatever the closest weekend was, we go to dinner, you know, and it was like, OK, let's just because everybody's busy and also that I'm paying, um, we go and have one big fall birthday, you know, get together. And that turned into something very expensive. It is hundreds of dollars and not like this is not an upscale restaurant. They're nice restaurants, but. I mean, to sit down with my crew, there's 18 of us, if everybody goes, all the grandkids. So, yeah, it gets expensive really quick. Uh, by the way, so does shopping for Thanksgiving. It's 300 bucks the other day that I spent, and I still don't have everything. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. You know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CPREDEYE, all one word, 
for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. Uh, second most expensive ever because turkey has come down in price. I was because remember say, the, because of the bird flu. The, that, that's really what's brought it. Down. Yeah, they, they yeah that's uh, because nobody wants to buy bird flu, so they're just they put it on sale. And that no, it's. <laughs> but what's going on right now? You see a lot of I see a lot of coupons. There's a lot of stuff out there where you can save money on a couple of things, and I don't know how much people are doing that. I know. We talked about going to the store brand, what we used to call the generic brand, uh, on a number of items. I've been trying out certain store brand items and realizing, man, I think I like this better, actually, the taste or texture or whatever. Um, but I, you know, I came away, and, and I think you and I always think this way. I think to myself, all right, you know, a, a family, a young family, uh, rent is skyrocketing. Uh, everything is skyrocketing. You know, we talked about it in the breakdown of the inflation numbers the other day of the things we buy, the things we use and things we buy that, that the average person buys. Uh, it, it gets down to, you know, a pretty narrow shopping cart of the things that, that, that we purchase. And I just thought to myself, I, I thought, you know, because that's where my wife and I started. You know, it, it wasn't, you know, we, I was in radio and, and she was just starting her career. So, we weren't making a lot of money. It wasn't at one point combined. We weren't making 30 grand and we had three kids starting out. And so, you know, you look at that and it's like, all right, you, we got second jobs. We each got second jobs. We did, you know, everything that we could, but where we are now is that it, this is new for this generation. We're old enough to remember the inflation from, uh, the late 70s and early 80s. But when you look at where we are right now, this is new for a generation of, you know, a young family right now. And I look at things like Thanksgiving. These are the times when you want to set everything aside and you want to have that moment. It's like you said, you can't put a price on it, but your money, you know, when you're a young family, your money only goes so far, you know, and it's disheartening. Because, you know, the, the, it's everything is in place uh, because of government intervention. Inflation is here because of the spending. When your purchasing power is depleted, then as a family, that is disconcerting. But it's especially disconcerting around this time of year. You think of all the, the stuff that we've gone through with anything that would cause anxiety from the beginning of COVID oh, yeah. to the improper wow. response of COVID. I saw Rand Paul was on someone's podcast yesterday or day before talking about uh, all the irresponsible things and responses to uh, COVID. But the spending is really such a huge chunk of it because of what it's done 
in depleting the spending power of of the American family. And, you know, we all this is when we get sentimental because we see members of our family that we don't see all the time. We visit, you know, and we 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 have that that fellowship together and we enjoy that time to forget all of that kind of stuff. But it's really hard to forget when you go shopping for a simple meal. And it really is about that one day, that one meal. And then beyond that, you know, what does Christmas look like for families? And it's frustrating. People go through, you know, hard times. It it happens. And that one gentleman that called us years ago and said, well, it shouldn't be this way. And we were like, well, sometimes you have to get a second job. But that wasn't about inflation caused by government policy. It was just he felt it was just hard life was hard and it is hard sometimes you got to work i you know our parents always worked my dad always worked a couple of jobs even when he was in the military he would get a night job sometimes and and do some moonlighting and and that's kind of you know what what we had to do but when it's caused by government policy that is so over the top in in such a huge impactful way it is especially disheartening. I have an article written from a liberal publication, you know, concerning what that, you know, means for the the future. Like, well, where are people going to move? Where are the economic powerhouses going to be? Is it still going to be, are we going to be an East Coast, West Coast nation? Or mm. is it all going to be in the South? Mm. We'll get to that coming up. Plus, when you told me about, you know, when uh, you and your, your wife were, uh, were young and Thanksgiving, you made me think immediately of when I lived in East Texas I moved to East Texas in 1985, small market radio station. I moved into a place. I mean, it's just, it was bad. I mean, it was, I had cockroaches coming, or excuse me, fire ants coming up through the floorboards. Mm, mm -hmm. And I would walk through my, the little tiny living room in my bare feet and the fire ants would get me. Yeah. And then uh, I finally left after four months because of the cockroaches in the refrigerator. But I spent Thanksgiving there and that was my Swanson dinner Thanksgiving. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I didn't know yeah. anybody and I'm in this right. little and it was so depressing. I had a small yeah. little black and white TV. Yeah. And yeah. and uh and I had uh I had uh, a Swanson dinner for lunch. No money for travel. And, I and mean that's you know No, I didn't have money to, I know. didn't have money to travel back right, then. And right. No, you didn't you didn't do it the same thing right. as you know as I did now. And so I I got back and, and my mother used to laugh at me when I told her, Mom, do you remember when I didn't come back for a year and a half? Yeah. It's like you're back every three weeks now. <laughs> yeah, it's like yeah, a little bit of a difference. But yeah. but uh, when the cockroaches got in the freezer, ah, uh, yeah, uh, and the refrigerator, I said, okay, it's it's time to. They were move. looking for food. They were hungry. Yeah, they were they, they were hungry. Yeah, the, the, well, the fire ants were eat, trying to eat them, and they were right. figured they were they could hide in the refrigerator. But mm-hmm. I had a Swanson dinner for lunch, and then I bought two, mm. so I had a Swanson turkey dinner for. Dinner, and ah. I'll let you know because I had a new radio job in a small market, Mm -hmm. but I felt like I owned the world. Yeah. I did not. I felt like I owned the world because I had no bills. My wife and and I had an 1,100-square-foot house, and we absolutely loved it. A little space heater, natural gas space heater that we called our fireplace. That wasn't a fireplace, but we absolutely loved it. And we knew. We absolutely knew. Um, and there was a there was a, a man who financed and my wife worked the deal to finance this tiny home. He financed it, the owner. 
And he said to her, you're going to show up every month on the first to my house with the check. And she did just that. And I look at those times and I think to myself, you know, it's not that it was because we didn't see it as any big accomplishment. You were just living. Yeah, you're that just was, living. You were just yeah. doing right. you're living. what you had to do. Right. And I never know, I never viewed it as suffering. No, 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 no. It was like, no. but, but I had to get when the fire, when the cockroaches got in the refrigerator, it was time yeah. to, it's like, okay, I got to move. And I moved into probably a 200 square foot, uh, a small furnished apartment that was clean, completely yeah. clean. And it right. was just part of a little duplex. Yeah. And I had a cow pasture behind me. It was in a rural area. At that point, I felt like I was the richest person well, that's, on that's the it. planet and I had nothing. And my wife and I talk about that all the time. You know, when I lived in my car, this is before I had a family, of course. You know, I didn't feel homeless. I had a home. It was a 75 Dodge Dart. But I knew that during the fall, by the, by the fall, and I had a job. I was working. Mm-hmm. I was saving up for my place, and I was going to get it, and I got it. Um, when we moved here, you know, we, we did it very quickly. We moved to the big city, and I told the mortgage company I want to close within a month, and they were laughing at me. And we did just that. We closed on December 17th, 1995, because I kept telling them, I want my kids in our living room on Christmas morning. And I think, we closed yeah. December 17th of 95 on that I, house. And it wasn't a big house. I think, you sort, I think you're sort of like me here. You know, life can seem like it's a long time, and other times it can seem really short. Yeah, yeah. But... Maybe it was because I was a bill collector, and then, again, because I chose radio. I could yeah. have chosen right. other stuff, and I could have had a lot more money, but right. I chose right. radio. So, yeah. in essence, I didn't I didn't sit there and go, well, oh, woe was me, because I chose what I was going through at that exactly. particular uh, point. Right. But that never left me, yeah. and I will never lose the value of a dollar. I could be a billionaire tomorrow, and if something somebody tries to sell me something for 300 bucks, like a sports ticket. Right. Yeah. I I could have a billion dollars and I probably go, no, it's not worth going to I'm not right. gonna I'm not gonna pay four hundred dollars for a ticket to right. a game. It's right. I, it's not worth it. Right. I don't think I'll ever lose that value of a dollar. I don't yeah. think that ever leaves you yeah, you know, maybe it leaves some people when they mm. go from that to riches, but mm-hmm. it'll never leave me. And I think you've got the same personality well, as me. On yeah, that. that's it. I mean it, it has to be about the value, what you're yeah. actually gonna spend that hard earned money on. Eight six six ninety red eye. This morning's USDA Farm Report is brought to you by Howes Products. Tested, trusted, guaranteed since 1920. Now on the home stretch of its month-long tour of its home state, the U.S. Capitol Christmas tree. It is this Friday when... It will get delivered to the Capitol building. At that point, we pass the tree off to the architect of the Capitol. Amy Albright of the U.S. Forest Service of West Virginia says the 63-foot Norway spruce will be decorated up to its November 28th lighting ceremony. Some of the decorations made by West Virginia school children. Up to 10,000 handmade ornaments that would help represent what makes West Virginia endlessly wild and wonderful. And they really, really pulled through. 19 Mountaineer State communities were stops along the route of the tree called Wathabtequi, bright star in the language of the Shawnee Tribal Nation. Forest Service personnel also took time during these stops and throughout the year conducting outreach and education about the Capitol Christmas tree and our nation's forest. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. This report brought to you by Cenex Fuels and Lubes. 
Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. House Speaker Mike Johnson suggested that the impeachment inquiry of President Biden would be moving into the next appropriate step, which includes gathering key witness testimony. Johnson got an update on the impeachment inquiry earlier on Wednesday from three uh, House GOP committee chairmen who are leading the probe. He said at this stage, our impeachment inquiry has already shown the corrupt conduct of the president's family and that he and the White House officials repeatedly lied about his knowledge and involvement in the family's business activities. Uh, It is also exposed to tens of millions of dollars from foreign adversaries being paid to shell companies controlled by the president's son, brother, and their business uh, activity. He said the impeachment inquiry is uh, moving ahead Hmm. with his support. Now the appropriate step is to place key witnesses under oath and question them under penalty of perjury to fill the gaps on record. I commend the good work of a Chairman Comer, Jordan, and Smith as we move forward towards an inflection point in this critical investigation. Now, that doesn't mean live. It doesn't mean live. These are depositions. Right. Yeah, now, yeah, yeah. here's my question. Hmm. Has has anybody responded yet to these subpoenas? Officially, I don't yeah. know. And I don't I, think there has been a and, response. And what was the date that they were told they need to reply by? I don't know that either. I don't know, yeah. but there is a limit. I mean, they have to. There is a sunset. Yeah. They have to reply. Yeah, and, and so. nor- normally with Comer, he makes it. It, it, it is. It's not three months. It's usually, you know, ten days, two weeks, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At at the most, so we right. should see something there because it'll be a deal. Republicans will promote the fact that they're ignoring the subpoena. Right. Yeah, uh, I guess we'll see. Will it play out next week or after Thanksgiving? Listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara. Well, you and I have been working together now for uh, what? Eight, eighteen over, and a half years, almost eighteen almost and a half yeah. years. Yeah. yeah. And you know, one of the things that we've always talked about, and it's something that I, you know, I think we we thought about even you know before that, is with where liberalism is going and we've really seen where it's been going in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. You've really seen it to the point of, you know, the whole San Francisco thing, you know, yesterday, yeah. which yeah. is just, yeah. you know, it's almost, it's almost as if the, uh, the, the Democrats themselves and Biden himself, I mean, Miranda Devine from the New York post was saying he was making fun of it. Mm-hmm. They're making Democrats are making yeah. fun yeah. that San Francisco is just, a garbage dump, yeah, and that they cleaned it up for a communist dictator, 
and they're chuckling about it like it's right. something to laugh about. Yeah, and it's, it's just, true because it's true. And and so one of the things, <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's because it's true. And 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 one of the things that you know you and I've always asked is when does it come to the point where people have said they have enough? And it just seems recently. I mean, it's been especially post COVID, where you know, or, or in COVID and then post COVID, where you've seen that movement now starting of population starting to move from California and New York and other very blue states to to other parts and then you have the futurists and the economists coming out and the the uh, the uh, the one analysis that by in 75 years by 2100 uh the biggest city in the United States will be well the biggest metro area will be Dallas Fort Worth mm-hmm. and they're talking 35 million people and you're seeing Los Angeles might go up a couple of million yeah, you know, and and just because of you know natural uh, population growth overall, but you're talking about no type of growth in these blue states, and so you look and you say, okay, how is the left going to respond to it? You know, the, mm. the leftist media will they say it's a bunch of hogwash? I find this right here, Business Insider, which is as liberal as you can get for a business publication. Well, I mean, CNBC at times could give them a yeah, run for run their for money, the money here. Yeah. Sorry, New York and San Francisco. These four red state cities could be the future of America mm. in Business Insider. Uh, Houston, Dallas, Miami, and Nashville are poised to become economic powerhouses in the United States. Americans and businesses are flocking to these places, often leaving coastal cities behind. The future of the energy, healthcare, and finance industries could be in these cities. When I was watching uh, Michael Schellenberger and his uh, presentation at the uh, the ARC conference in Great Britain, where he mm. talked about climate change, and he was just very blunt. He said, "Look, none of this can work, so it won't. Right? It doesn't matter if you hope it; it's not going to work. Right? You know, we are going to be natural gas and nuclear. There is no choice. Right." Unless you want to stay with coal instead of nuclear. Because you can't do it any other way. And we're going to find that out. And we're running out of subsidy money to pretend that solar and wind are going to be the the savior. And as we played the other day uh, from the the, uh, one uh, economist, I can't think of his last name, Tinker. Mr. Tinker, we'll Mm. call him. I think it was Steve. His presentation at the ARC conference and... and, uh, you know, he he was saying the same thing. He said, you know, dense energy is where it's at. And dense energy is where you can produce a ton of energy. And it's something you and I have talked about. I didn't call it dense energy. But what I said is nuclear plant in a very small area can produce power. Right. You don't need the massive land you would need right. for, for wind and solar. It's a very minimal footprint. Right. And, and now you're seeing, now that the lifespan of many of these wind turbines are tearing them down, there's no way to recycle them. They're right. burying them. They're burying them in the ground. And 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 so you've got the you know liberals now that are promoting this, and the environmentalists now are coming out against you know the um, uh, you know uh, wind, solar, whatever. But as Mr. Tinker was saying, he said, he goes, that's old forms of energy. Yeah, you know the sun is an old form of energy. Mm-hmm. He we, said, you know, we've been saying that right. for a, a long he goes, time. The sun is, is yeah. because why is because it's not consistent. Right. And he said they call it they call it clean versus dirty. Yeah. He goes, it's all dirty. 
yeah. all of it's dirty. Right. Because everything comes from the ground. Right. All of it's dirty. You got to mine the materials right. to build the apparatus itself. Right. He goes, so everything's dirty. He goes, you ever see a solar solar panel or a solar farm after a hailstorm? And there's the picture. Yep. Completely destroyed solar, you know, uh, uh, solar farm because of, uh, of, of, of hail. And he said, those are old forms of energy. Mm-hmm. And he said, wind, because we, you know, windmills. We used to have windmills when there right. was nothing else. That's an old form of energy. The sun, old form of energy. Coal will be an old form of energy. He said, it's really natural gas, nuclear. That's where it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And he said, you can't stop it from happening because demand, once the demand, once the market demand is there, boom, it's it's done. You know, and we're at that point, and we've phrased it in a different way. We have said that reality has hit the abstract ideas. Yep. Reality has yep. hit the has come, you know, right and buttress it up against the hypotheticals out there. And that's what liberalism has been selling. If you do it our way in the future, it will be boom. Well, now the future's here. And what are we seeing? Because the whole thing of liberalism is if you if the government has enough money, they can solve the problem. Right. Right. If you they, throw enough money at it, it'll work. They, they can solve the problem and everybody will be lifted up. Mm-hmm. When we see an education, that's not working. So what are they doing? Are they, they realize they can't pour money into it. So what are they doing? They're lowering the standards. Instead of solving the problem, their goal is to make everybody dumber. Well, they make the and, problem solve. They they make the the problems smaller by essentially lowering a standard to make sure that you don't accomplish anything. Accomplishing nothing is easy. Yeah, and that's and that's to the point where liberalism is at right now, or pretending that the border uh, is is secure, right. or pretending for some reason. I have no idea what the point ever was in it. You know, a man can be a woman because a man says so. Uh-huh. And then in, insisting and threatening violence if you won't buy into the lie. Well, eventually people are going to go, well, it doesn't make any sense. And you're making my life real harder or you're making my life a lot harder. And now you're interfering with my kids. And all of a sudden everything starts changing. Well, here with economic things, as Business Insider, the liberal publication writes, the future of the U.S. economy could be powered by cities in the Sun Belt. Economic and societal power in the U.S. is shifting away from colossal coastal cities like New York and San Francisco to metropolitan areas tucked below the Mason-Dixon line, according to a recent article in Barron's. That's because economic power is flowing to the middle of the country, and places like Houston, Dallas, Nashville, and Miami are becoming hotspots. Just like New York City has Wall Street and San Francisco, Silicon Valley, Houston has its energy economy. Miami has its proximity to Latin America and a growing financial industry. While Los Angeles has Hollywood and D.C. has politics, Dallas has a blossoming environment of diversified, uh, huge business behemoths, and Nashville is a healthcare and tech hub, uh, said Niall Ferguson to Stanford historian uh, to Barron's. You used to have two coastal power zones where you could live your best life, never really touching down in the red states. We now have much more of a multipolar America than a bipolar America that reflects taxes, quality of life, cost of living, the ability to build, 
and the incredibly striking differentials in quality of governance. It's exactly what we have said. And a March uh, Redfin analysis of its user search data found that San Francisco, New York, and Los Angeles and Washington were the top four cities where Americans were looking to relocate from. Miami, meanwhile, was the city users were most interested in relocating to. Dallas and Houston ranked 8th and 10th, respectively. Lower taxes and housing costs are among the top factors uh, in motivating movers. And they go and look at the, the, the next four cities. And, you know, we've seen already some of the census-projected data of where Dallas is going to uh, yeah. to go. Right. And the fact is you've got so much room here. I mean, you don't have – I mean, Miami is going to grow – and and probably will become an economic powerhouse with their population boom. It's more limited in Texas. We've got a ton hey, of space. If, if it's wide open, it still amazes me right here in the metroplex how much land is still not developed. I know it's owned. Most uh, what what is it? Ninety five percent of the land in Texas is privately owned, but. It's not developed. And, and you look at it, well, in fact, where we are right now. When I moved to this neighborhood, uh, this uh, oh, I, yeah. live, I live close to this these studios. But when I uh, moved here, oh, man, uh, almost 30 years ago, 28 years ago, it, between here and DFW Airport, <laughs> it was just fields. I know. I'm... Now it's warehouses, it's shipping centers, it's office spaces, it's houses. And when we moved over here, what, in 2015, 20, yeah, or early 2016, whenever it was, and we moved to these studios, behind us, I think there was one apartment complex. They built another one across the street, and now it's all condos and houses. Mm. Between none, here. None of the apartments were built when we got here. Uh, there was one apartment complex back there. Yeah, it was in the, the one across the street was back there. But this one right had, behind us was They hadn't completed it yet. Uh, it was open. There were some that were. Really? They were yeah, I didn't, they, they were renting. I could swear it was not open. But yeah. but if you look at it now, because I actually drive that way to go home, mm-hmm. it's all it's houses, all houses, townhouses, apartments. Well, it was you, so incredible to watch just this one subdivision behind us. Yeah, I know. I remember when they had the, the uh, what do they call it, the model home, where you pull up. It's the office, basically, uh-huh. you want to build. Yep. We want to build a house here. Here's the different plans we have. And you walk into an office that's actually a home, one of their models. And and I thought, wow, well, this is going to take forever. It's like I blinked and it happened. I know. You can't believe how 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 and, quickly and, it's been built, but and, and there's a ton of space here. What you're seeing here, though, you're also seeing in other areas, and that's where there are some people that don't mind living closer to the inner hub, which in this part of the town it's Dallas, and on the other side of town it's uh, other time uh, side of the metroplex it's Fort Worth. But and and those are younger demos, and they don't mind living, uh, you know, in the busier part of town. But I mean, you go north of here, and it's just building out like crazy. And so, we have gotten to that point. We're at the beginning of that point right now that you and I have talked about. When is it going to change? And really, you think about it. Did COVID accelerate it? 
by a decade or two? Maybe, yeah. Did COVID, yeah. you know, could do be. that? It but they be. even talk here in this liberal article, the quality of governance. And we've talked about the fact, think about this. Think about how, you know, Gavin Newsom basically mocked and spit on San Francisco. And then Biden did the same thing today, joking about mm-hmm. how they cleaned everything up yeah. for Xi to come in. Right. They're basically spitting in the face of the California taxpayers and citizens. And laughing about and it. And laughing about it. And it's just like, you know, and, and you and I have said, it's almost as if there's a dare being taken between liberal politicians. Let's do as much destruction as possible, promote the fact, laugh and mock the people who are being hurt by it. And see if they'll continue to vote for us. Yeah. I mean, because it's just, yeah. you shake your head going. It's, it, is a, it is a contest. How far it, can we go? We forget campaign promises anymore. I don't care about you. You're going to vote for me anyway. <laughs> and that's my promise to you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can promise you I don't care about you. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll-free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. That's the thing. You know, that's the one sad thing, you know, my age being closer to death than birth, is the fact that, I want to see how all this ends up. You know, I mean, I'd like to see, you know, 50 years from now where the, you know, where the growth patterns are, you know, in, in, in this nation. And, you know, that prediction that Dallas would be 35 million people. Oh, my gosh. What would that look uh, like? No, 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 no. I, no, no. I'm going to I'm I'm going to be around in a, in a different <laughs> form. I'm going to be haunting the daylights out of people. Uh, so I'll see it. Uh, but frankly, wow. I, I don't want to be here in this realm. I'm good with, you know what? All right, I've had enough. Peace out when it's my time. Um, <laughs> good luck, everybody. And that's what it's going to say. Wow, my know. headstone's going to say, Eric Harley. I like that idea. Good luck. We could be conservative poltergeists. Oh, yeah. And come no, back no, no, and no. haunt all liberals. Yeah, yeah. On you see Halloween the movie night. Ghost? You know, that's yeah. about a love story and everything else. Yeah. You know, he's trying to... <laughs> He's trying to protect his 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 wife, his lovely wife. No, we're going to protect the American people. All right, as ghosts. I like that Conservative idea. Conservative ghosts. Yes. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. 
The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets Podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen.